Welcome to Carl's Makerspace. I'm your host, Carl, your lovely, lovely host. And today we are going to be talking about the advantages of a small shop versus a really large shop. Each has its drawbacks and its advantages. And I would actually like to go over both as I'd have access to both. And I'm actually now working on building my own shop and kind of thinking through what kind of setup and what kind of uh, once I have the space, what time of what type of shop I want to run and having a decently sized shop once I finally get it all set up. But for now, I'm actually in a really, really tight situation with with kind of what I am uh, building at. And I just have really a corner in my apartment to build things and make things. But there's nothing wrong with that, honestly. As I was when I was younger, I had access to really big spaces to make things. When I was really young, my grandparents had a shop. Uh, but at the time, I had no experience making anything whatsoever besides paper crafts and making things out of egg cartons and drawings and stuff. But I never really, maybe I didn't appreciate that because of the fact that there was so much going on in that space, but I, I wasn't able, I didn't have any knowledge of how to make things. And the way that I was, we weren't, you know, as as it should be, we weren't really allowed to, you know, play with with dangerous tools which is how it should be but at, at the most when i had when we had access to that shop or really the only thing i really ever made in that was hammering a couple things together with nails that's the extent of my knowledge as i grew into some of my school years uh i had access to more shops in junior high uh in junior high it was my first time being in a shop like an actual shop a, a shop class and it was just, it, we actually had to go offsite of our school. Our school didn't have a shop, but we had to go offsite and we went to a school and there was, it was a, a course where for half of the semester you do cooking and sewing and then half, the other half of the semester you do metalwork and woodwork. And for that woodworking, the, the, the sewing and the, the cooking were really great class, really great parts of it. it it's not part of it. It's just, uh, for the moment, I'm going to talk about the, the woodworking and metalworking section. And I, I, I had my first glimpse into tools, learning shop safety and stuff like that. Uh, and what I, I think I didn't make too much cause we didn't really have much time. It wasn't really, cause we had to switch over to the other shops very quickly. Uh, what I, I ended up making a toolbox, which I still have to this day. It is a metal toolbox connected with rivets and I think a couple, uh, spot, spot welds. And I still have it to this day, and I have used it from carrying my art supplies for art art, art school, uh, hanging supplies. Uh, yeah, it has actually been carried really well. I also made a little wooden uh, beaver pencil holder. As being in Canada, Canada beavers are really important, <laughs> really, really well liked. And it was nice. It was kind of a Jackson Pollock uh, kind of finished to it, lots of paint trips, and it was actually quite interesting. And that was my first time ever cutting. I don't have too many memories of, I actually have more memories of the cooking, sewing, and the metal shop. Actually, I can't quite remember how I put that beaver pencil holder together. Uh, but I do remember spot welding and riveting and laying and bending that, that big toolbox. It wasn't huge, but it was a little, little toolbox. And that really kind of started to set the stage into having like that first first step into making things. You're like, actually, of course, you can make things out of anything. You can make stuff out of cardboard, uh, 
Lego, Lego, obviously Lego is my first jump into making, but as a, a shops in a shop setting with all these very heavy tools, that, that was my first glimpse into it. And I kind of, I, I didn't get as much uh, influence into that until mid high school where I joined a, a metalworking class. It was not a required class by any means. It was something that you selected and I decided I was going to select it. And I, I ended up, I, I learned brazing and a bit of welding. I still don't quite know how to weld, but I have some knowledge into, into welding. And that was kind of a mid-sized shop. It wasn't huge, but it wasn't. And I, I learned a lot. We did repoussé, uh, hammering metal into making shapes. Because I was in kind of the artsy section of it. There's a, um, a more tactile uh, design uh, fabrication section. And then there was an artsy artsy side and i signed up for the artsy side because i i'm not I, I i don't know i just i just decided that i was going to go into the arts at some point and that's what i decided to do uh yeah i actually quite liked enjoyed working with the brazing torch and learning how to make stuff i didn't make a ton of things i think i made a copper rose and yeah copper rose i think i made a belt, belt buckle and that's pretty much it oh i did do some casting which was which was interesting uh, and I, I did gain some more knowledge into that. And then I jumped into art school where they really started to reinforce this building, especially in the sculpture department, build, you know, building things. And it was great talking with all the technicians, learning all the tools, learning casting and welding and uh, woodworking. I really gained a lot of insight into it. And that's where you can get a lot of insight going it, like you can go to a wood shop uh, workshops uh there's also plenty of maker spaces in the world where you can gain these knowledge and that's where a big shop comes in handy you can be with somebody they can run you through every tool imaginable if you have an idea and you you don't quite know how to do it a big shop is great because then you can talk to somebody they can walk you through okay you're gonna have to do this and 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 this and that uh, and those were great. And I, I tried to use it as much as possible. There's, and then that's not even, that's only the woodworking and metalworking side. I also, as I was leaving, uh, art school, I started looking into doing some 3d printing and laser cutting. Uh, and yeah, I made some great things, but in the end, I'm now back to my little shop. I knew I was going to be back to my little shop, uh, because eventually the fun has to end and you can't have access to that shop anymore. And I knew it was going to happen. And now I'm back into my little corner. But that has also given me a lot of insight as well. As opposed to like the great big shops are great. You can, but it is almost, it's definitely intimidating. First thing is, is intimidating all these big scary tools, which can easily cut your arm off. Or if you're not paying the slightest bit of attention, yeah, they can really do some serious damage. And we have very many safety talks on, yeah, you do this wrong, you're going to either hurt yourself or die, pretty much. And yeah, that can be scary and overwhelming, especially when you get to something like big and scary like welding and, and brazing where it's big fi fiery flames. And I did make some great stuff, but it was also... Uh, and I started, as I was getting into the end, and they started, I started having more and more freedom to make what I wanted. I actually started bringing my own tools into work doing things like hand carving with my own chisels and stuff like that because I knew and bringing my own drill and because I could have easily rented all these things. There was a rental facility in the school where you could rent tools as you needed them. And it was, I did use it once or twice, 
uh, when, when I needed it, but either I could go into the shop and take something or I brought in my own tools. Cause I knew once this was over, I was, that's what I was going to be left with. I was going to be left with my own tools, my own devices. Yes. I, I could go to a maker shop if I, uh, a maker space, if I really, really need, uh, something very specific. Uh, I was thinking about, uh, I was looking into some of the local maker spaces and they were having a, a tutorial on, on, uh, stained glass making and I don't quite have the tools and materials to do that and I but I think in some ways having a small shop actually speaking of the stained glass actually gets you to innovate a little more I don't have the 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 materials and process to do stained glass I just I just haven't accumulated and I would like to do stained glass and I could do it in my little space on a table on the pretty much a kitchen table but it would take a lot of resources and a lot of time and money to do that. So looking through YouTube and stuff and uh, art pages and stuff like that, I came across some paint that kind of replicates the the effect of stained glass, but not actually doing stained glass. I have done stained glass before, and I know how to do it. I, I have the skills to do it, but having a small space and not having as much resources kind of it starts to get you to innovate. It says it's almost like okay, this is what I have. And this is what I can make out of it. Uh, I just bought a couple hand saws the other day, and now I'm really starting to get into making, like making joints uh, inspired by Laura Camp uh, and her little uh, uh, wood, uh, workshop table, uh, which was a, a project that she put out saying, "Hey, uh, here's a here's a project." But you don't need something. You don't need fancy, expensive saws. You can use them, and it speeds up the process. But you can also make this exact same table exactly the same way with a couple hand saws uh, and a couple screws and some wood glue and a couple clamps, and that's all you needed to make this. And I, that's on my list to make it. Uh, I am going to make it some sometime because I would love to have a desk so I can place my computer and even record these podcasts. That would be great. But for and but for the moment, I'm just learning. I'm experimenting with the joints. I have a few saws at my disposal. Some I pick them up every once in a while. I I just found my jigsaw, and I'm starting to practice these joints. As saying, okay, this is what I'm limited to. I don't have a big fancy shop where I can, I can make whatever. I can use. Oh, okay, I can use a. Uh, I can get somebody to use a table saw. I wasn't. I was never allowed to use a table saw because it's actually one of the most dangerous tools in the shop. Uh, I couldn't just say yeah, I'm going to table saw this. I'm going to. I'm going to get somebody to help me. I'm going to cut it here. I'm going to sand it this way. I. I'm okay. This is what I got. Uh, I can maybe add a little bit to it. I can go get a clamp from Home Depot. Or something like that, but I can't. Obviously, I can't go crazy because I don't have the amount of resources as a large shop. And maybe one day I will. But it is a nice to slowly expand to say this is the tool I have. I'm going to do as much as I can with this tool, push it as far as I can. If I like it, I'm going to obviously I'm going to you know hang it on the wall so I can get it uh, as quickly and as more necessarily as I need it. And if I don't don't like it, I can. I can try a new process. I can try something new and, and try, but it, it's sometimes starting at the very basics gives you that push to, to really try and figure it out and then push it farther. Even something like painting, uh, painting is another way, but it, it, you could do a big art school and have the most expensive paints and have a big uh, workshop with ton, 20, 
thousand, you know, uh, like large canvases and a big floor space, but you don't necessarily need all that. Even a couple paint. I, I've been watching uh, Jazza, uh, draw with Jazza, and he goes everywhere from big, big expensive materials, mar- big fancy markers, and and uh, stone carving and clay. But also, he also uses dollar store materials, and he still makes incredible work with those dollar store materials. And I'll step into into that late in another episode. I think I will cover uh, just what can be made, honestly, just with the simplest of materials. But right now, I'm going to continue on on with the, the shop. Uh, having a small shop uh, is is quite is quite inspiring. And I saw I even saw that uh, Adam Savage, uh, one of the former MythBusters, who's now untested, put out a call on Twitter to for everyone in who who was inspired by him to show him. The, the spaces that they had, it wasn't, a, and what they showed, there was a couple of people that had decent shots. So most people were just a corner in their garage or a corner in their, or a closet or something. And even still they can make them, you can make amazing things just with, with that at your disposal. And yeah, now that I'm at a, a little shop, I'm actually, I'm learning a lot of things from this little shop. I'm yeah, as I mentioned, I, I'm, I'm, Take, I'm finding these tools, uh, you know, basic basic hand tools, nothing crazy, no big circular saws or table saws. I do have a couple power tools, but it's it's interesting to see what can be made simply with the simplest and then start to expand. Say, okay, I've kind of gotten this, but I want to try it this way. You know, something like dovetails. I haven't quite done do- dovetails yet. I've been doing a... They're very quite complicated joints, and it takes a while. But you can uh, the Japanese use like almost nothing to make them, and they make them absolutely perfect. I've I've dove into a whole video on YouTube on on Japanese woodworking, and it's incredible work. But it's only a couple. There's there's no big machinery. There's no big CNCs. There's no it's it's all by hand. And it's incredible work. The grain lines up perfectly. The joints are thousands of an inch together and it's all by hand and a you know a little table or a, a little a little chair and that that's that's all they need and they can make amazing complex extremely complex things with just those simple tools and i even i even talked to somebody the other day i was uh, uh speaking of limited tools uh uh yeah i would my i was helping my friends who in an art we had a big group art project and they all you know it's like oh, i'll bring my drill and i'll bring it and i made sure i had a screwdriver on me i uh, just you know and i actually uh, i did use a drill at one point I, I brought my own drill and i drilled some holes but when actually putting the thing together i just it was honestly just easier to use a, a screwdriver it was i was it could be put in, in the back of my pocket i didn't need a big outlet i didn't need to charge the batteries i could just go it away and use it and It'd be done and over. And I actually put the thing together pretty quick while we were waiting for people to grab their drills, the big hand tools, and go lend stuff from the shop. And and it was pretty much all put together by the time people brought their drills. And so, but obviously that one once we had the drills, it sped it up so much quicker. But it was nice to see that something like that could be put together with just a simple hand. That's what we wanted in our in our project. Maybe I'll speak a little bit more of that later. At another episode, but it was it was something that we wanted very few people to be able to put together with the limited tools, and it, it proved the point 
with the fact that I could just use a, a simple screwdriver. And I've, I've slowly started to amass some tools, you know, buying basic sets and stuff like that. I've just, I have a, a carving uh, surface up that I made with simple hand tools, and but now I, uh, and I have a very simple kit of carving chisels that I got a while ago, and I'm still learning how to use them. And they're a little dull, but I uh, but they're st they're actually really good, and I actually have used them. I'd used them a lot in my previous projects, kind of in even in school. I didn't didn't uh, didn't borrow a ton of of expensive tools. I just I just used what I had and I had a couple carving chisels and I decided I was going to make a project out of it. And I made a whole series of prints using those materials I had on, on hand. Uh, and a couple, couple panels I got at the, the bulk art store nearby. And yeah, it's, it's amazing what can be built on a table. And just, it, it doesn't take much to make things. You can find materials anywhere uh, with a couple simple tools Anything, just about anything could be made. Again, I think I'll do a whole separate episode on uh, kind of the, the, the things that can be made with just like, yeah, oh, this is going into what can be made with, with the tools. And then, and then uh, I think the next, maybe the next episode, the episode after will be kind of what, what can be made with these tools. As I said, yeah, now I'm starting to get into into these uh, uh, into these lessons of using a small shop, and I had those less. I I I started to get those lessons for a while, but I didn't quite take advantage of it while I had it. I had a I had a, at one point uh, when I was living with my my parents, I had a a small table in a in a little shed that was attached to our house, and it had a, I I bought it. We ended up buying a bandsaw because my my mom wanted to. Uh, wanted to me to cut these little little pegs so the the dog wouldn't get out of the house. And I had the the bandsaw, but I never really used it. I I did end up using it a little bit, but not as much as I should. I didn't quite have the knowledge to know how to use the the bandsaw, which I gained the knowledge I gained from the big shop, working in a big shop. Eventually, now I'm it's actually one of my one of the tools I'm most comfortable with is a bandsaw, but. By the time that I had gotten these materials, I never, I never sat down and I never really experimented on what I could make. I mean, in the big shop, you say, "Oh, okay, I, there's a bandsaw. Maybe it's easier to do it, and it's probably is easier to use another tool to make make it." But you don't quite take full advantage of the tool. Uh, and I never took advantage of that bandsaw. It was it was something that I regret not playing with more. I could have made some amazing, amazing things, things that I'm actually making now that are just simple box joints, uh, which would be way easier to make with a bandsaw. And I probably will pick up another bandsaw soon because that was a really cheap bandsaw. That was nothing. That was no a big industrial. Like the ones that they had at the school and at the chopper, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. This was a cheap little $100 uh, bandsaw that we got at the at Home Depot, and you can make amazing things with something as a tool as simple as that. But I never quite figured that out at the time, and I, I think through uh, learning through the big shop, uh, the, the big working in a big shop, yeah, definitely has influenced me to in my my shop small shop experiments of kind of okay, I kind of I kind of know what I'm doing. Uh, enough not to hurt myself, and now I'm. That's one of the most experience is not cutting your fingers off or your hands, 
And now that I know how to be safe, I can now start experimenting with what can be built with these machines as opposed to, yeah, as, and kind of pushing them and making, and, and making things. Uh, and yeah, I, I now, now that lesson's really starting to sink in. I think besides, not only the small, the big shops have given me that, but I think a lot of the YouTubers actually, I don't think I would have even thought about this lesson without watching YouTube. Uh, something like the watching the Japanese wood, uh, woodworkers who have, pretty much had a couple uh a couple files or no not files um chisel a couple chisels and planes and they made amazing things and then there's somebody like adam savage and laura kemp and jazza and punish props and all the and baba uh, i like to make stuff they're like i'll probably go into all these makers that have really influenced me in one day in one of these episodes but going through that i can you see that they have fairly fairly decent shops, all these makers, but they're able to not only make uh, make these amazing things, but they also take the time to to say, okay, I understand that you know I have a great shop and it's it's I'm making amazing things, but I understand that not everybody out there, you my audience, not my audience, but the the audience of of their creator. I understand that you guys out there don't have what the access to the tools I have. So I'm going to tell you, give you a lesson. I saw one Adam Savage making stuff out of sirene and foam and punish props always make stuff out of foam. And Laura Kemp made that work to, and it's stuff that's like, okay, you don't need a big shop to make these things. You, you just need some inspiration and a couple of hand tools or not, maybe not even it's like something like styrene and foam. You just need like a box cutter and a couple foam or, and that's even some of the higher stuff. You can make brilliant things out of cardboard. And it was that those lessons of, Hey, let me show you some, let me show you making something awesome out of like this really, really cheap material with these really, really cheap tools. And let me show you what you can be made. And that is really inspiring. And I, and it really helps kind of start to get you, prepared to start to work and making things out of simple materials with simple hand tools. I hope I'm not just repeating myself over and over. <laughs> it feels like I am, but it just, yeah, it's simply that anything can be made with, and that's really what I learned from, from having experience and having, you know, kind of saying, okay, this is what I, what I had at one point. And now I'm kind of on my own and kind of with limited tools, limited hand tools, pretty much at, at least at the moment. But I'm still, I'm actually, I think I'm making more on my own with, with a, in a small shop than I was ever in a big shop. Not that I wasn't making really cool things and welding and, and, and it's great to have that, that knowledge first. But also, there's lots to be said with a small shop, and that could be said. Obviously, small shop is way more specific. If you're gonna, you kind of have to be a little more niche, and say, okay, I I want this the setup to be. I, I really like electronic work, so this is gonna be a big table for my electronic work. That's really what I like to do. Um, I'm very interdisciplinary, so I kind of have a little bit of everything, or a little bit of of this and that it's not nothing not a huge huge collection but enough that i can do a lot of different processes pretty easily i have a 
a hacksaw so I can cut some metal. I have a, a couple wood saws so I can cut wood. I obviously have paints and 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 pencils, uh, clamps to put things together. Obviously, there's stuff like hot glue and hot glue is quite a quite. It's not definitely not one of the most recommended things uses of putting things together, but it's definitely can work. I ended up making a huge raptor suit. Uh, I was inspired by Jurassic Park, and I'll go into that a little more in another episode. But I, that one was uh, my friend Riley. He made his whole suit out of, out of hot glue and and foam, and I, did, I was like, oh, I, I I can I can do that. I I I can find foam. I can I can hot glue it together, and it was a really cool costume. It was not something that uh. Uh, it was definitely not going to win. Well, it was ne- definitely not going to win any awards. It was for for that event. It was amazing, but for actual like prop making, it was not very good. But it was it was something that I made by myself, all you know, doing drawings and. Uh, but that's that's what it was, and and I and eventually the the second one was a, a dragon, and I built a big dragon with just just in a small little little apartment. And honestly, that kind of makes it that much better is just saying it's, it's, it, it's great. You know, when you, you get something, obviously anything that you made is always super duper special and that really adds to your thing of making, but seeing something made out of almost nothing like it saying, okay, uh, this is the something really incredible, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's kind of little, kind of junky, like some of the things I've made in the past few weeks. But it's something to say, hey, I made this with only this, only a few hand tools and a couple pieces of wood. I can't believe I made this. Uh, it's not not it's not it's not the most professional thing in the entire world, but it's it's pretty cool if you ask me. And then uh, I th- I think that's pretty inspiring. Well, thank you for joining me on this episode. Oh, I, I forgot my maker spotlight. Um, oh, I'm gonna do. I, I I think I said I was gonna try and do one per episode. Um, I think for this episode, I think I mentioned it, but I think I'm gonna go with Laura Camp on this one. Uh, definitely one of my new favorite makers. Uh, originally, I think I I found out about her work when she did a uh, 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 when she did a video in Adam Savage's shop. I started with Adam Savage and into my diving into making. Uh, and then one one video was like, "Hey, I'm taking over his shop for a week," and I was like, "Okay, all right, all right." And, I, and then I started diving into her videos and like, "Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, she does pretty good work." And I mentioned it earlier. One of the videos that I saw lately in the past year or so was a workbench, and it was really simple to make. It was only a couple couple very simple joints, and I was really inspired by this. And the reason the reason I was so inspired is because yeah it was it was something that can obviously may, be made with really expensive tools you know you can make it with, you could easily make it with the CNC you can make it with the uh, uh, scroll saw you could make not not a scroll saw uh, a track saw you could make it with a table saw those would be the definitely the easiest ways to build these things but also you can make it with the most and she showed it she said okay here you know she she did a couple shots with the table saw and was like, okay, here's how you, here's how you'd probably make it with this table saw. And then she flipped over to hand saws and I'm like, okay, okay. You can make this out of, with the most simple tools at your disposal, something that isn't really. And a lot of the times you kind of do see that, that really extreme way of making it. It's like, okay, this is really cool, but how am I going to do this? 
I think that's the biggest thing of kind of learned seeing this kind of the limited tools and the limited shot spaces. It kind of gives you the idea of, Hey, I can do this too. Uh, as opposed to, okay, that's a, that's cool. It's in a big shop. You know, you got a foundry and a welder and I don't have the space for that. I can't obviously can't do welding. I can't do resin. I can't do at least not where I am right now. And that's kind of less inspiring. And then you get to something like that video where it's something really small. It could be, uh, it could be made something out of clay. It could be modding a Nerf blaster. I've seen a lot of Nerf blasters being hacked and modded, and and uh, and then yeah, something like that workbench where it's just a couple simple joints using a simple handsaw. I'm like, okay, I can I can do that. I can go to the store. I can pick up a couple cheap paints. I can pick up a cheap handsaw. I can pick up uh, a couple of cheap pieces of wood, and I can build something awesome. That is the first step. I think is just. Uh, saying, hey, I, I can do this too. And then going into going into that first step of making and then uh, then from there, the sky's the limit. All right, well, thank you for joining me on this episode. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful time listening to me going on about the wonders of a small shop. Not that a big shop's not a, a great thing and you should definitely, if you have, if you're, haven't gotten to a big shop you definitely look into maker spaces and and workshops uh if you're in in a school look at look at pro look at programs where you can look at classes where you can get into the wood shop and the metal shop and all these different parts because they will they will definitely add to uh, definitely influence what you can make in a little shop because eventually eventually it all funnels in together and that's that's a great thing 